Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, April 5th. Hope you're having a great week. Uh, markets, uh, they're not cooperating quite so much. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us up here in just a few seconds. Before we do, though, let's not forget that the world we live in, there are so many things that, you know what, you and I, we just cannot control them. However, you can control your retirement portfolio by knowing how much risk you have and making sure that the risk you do have lines up with the amount of risk you should have. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design where we'll help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. We got Dave coming up next. Kelly Clarkson there. Morning, Dave, here. It's 8.40, 20 before 9. Time to check in on your money and see what Wall Street's doing to you this morning for help with that. We always turn to Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring, who is on the phone with us this morning. Philip, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing today? I can't complain in the least, although Wall Street kind of got a case of the flu yesterday, had a couple of up days. Yesterday we were down almost 200 points on the Dow, down 24 on the S&P, and down another 63 on NASDAQ. I mean, none of them were a full percentage down, and we're almost getting used to swings like that. But uh, it was an off day yesterday, and I'm not sure what it was, because the 10 a.m. reports I didn't see. Was there anything that drove us down, or was it just running out of steam? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Yesterday, I mean, I'm looking at yesterday's numbers, and um, you got to like some of them, really. Uh, job openings went down by uh, over uh, over a half a million job openings went down to 9.9. So that I knew, was – I knew that I knew the jolts, the jolts report was due, and I figured that probably was what drove us down. That – and then factory orders – I mean, they were down, but they were expected to be down and, and they weren't, I mean, they weren't off by a lot. So <clears throat> nothing I really see um, okay. really would have added to the, uh, to the downfall. Sounds like the steam engine just ran out of fire for a little while, and that's probably okay because a little up and then rest for a while probably is a more sustainable recovery. Uh, the uh, JOLTS report kind of got confirmed this morning by the uh, ADP report as we get into our flood of employment numbers for the last three days of the week. ADP, the big payroll company, says that they estimate that the economy added 145,000 new private sector jobs last month, which isn't all bad, except for the fact that we were expecting a little over 200,000, which kind of reinforces that JOLTS report a bit, doesn't it? It does. So we expected 210, somewhere in that ballpark for the um, ADP number to come out for March. Um, and we're, we're that 145, that, that was a, a significant miss. But even I think more than that, Dave, as we look at February's number was 242,000 and we mm -hmm. dropped to 145. So, so we saw almost 100,000 um, decline in, uh, in new jobs together with the uh, layoff expectations and the news of layoffs that we're hearing from a lot more different corners than just the tech companies now, uh, we're definitely seeing a slowdown in the employment market. Now, I'll bet you that's going to change the expectation for the big Friday morning report out of the government, too. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, because I, I think that probably all everybody's weighed in on that number um, at this point. 
Uh, and it is expected to be down from where it was last time. Um, but, but, and I would say significantly, because if we look at the last report for the U.S. unemployment, it was 311,000. The expectation on Friday is for 238,000. Which actually is more than I would frankly expect at this point, given the downtick in the uh, in the in the ADP report. But yeah, last month's employment and jobs creation number was a shell shockingly large surprise, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, especially compared to uh, ADP. So um, you know that that number on Friday will, will be a kind of a big deal to see if it kind of follows through with what ADP is indicating. And it's going to be interesting because on Friday, the markets are closed for Good Friday. So we're going to have a chance to uh, watch the futures go haywire over the weekend before anybody throws real money around on Monday. So Monday could be a, an uncharacteristically volatile day after having a whole weekend to digest information, whether it's good or bad. Uh, we've been talking about how volatile the market has been and how much the techs have gotten beaten up. Uh, that's got to have an impact on some of the financial stocks. And uh, one of them kind of did. You had some really interesting news on Charles Schwab this morning. Yeah, Schwab. This actually was an article from Friday um, that uh, kind of surfaced up to my uh, news feed. But uh, Charles Schwab, March, had the worst month of returns since 1987. They were down over 30%. Um, and, and and still falling, right? They were down even more than that because uh, I think they closed Friday somewhere in the low 50s, uh, 52 maybe. And, and right now they're trading right at about 50. So um, they fell even more this week. So it's uh, it's not been good for Schwab and, and nobody's really been able to figure out why. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it, it, it certainly is having a, a sector effect on the other financials. I mean, I'm looking at First Republic, Regions, Truist, Capital One Financial. They're all toward the top of my big loser list this morning. So something I was giggling kind of at a, a black humor portion about last week. Right now, the hedge money is going into the techs because the banking used to be so solid and all of a sudden, all the regional banks and uh, and investment bankers are suddenly falling out of bed with the investors, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, Charles Schwab was actually downgraded, I think, by Morgan Stanley um, to a underperform. Uh, but but even at that, they put a price target of sixty eight dollars a share on it, and it's trading at fifty. So there's still some upward expectations on them. Um, and you look at their CEO; um, he bought fifty thousand shares. Uh, sometime in the month of March. So there is, um, at least internally, there's some optimism. At least they believe they can come back, and the odds are they will. Schwab is not exactly small potatoes anymore, are they? They are not. I mean, they remember, they gobbled up uh, TD Ameritrade, mm -hmm. and, um, and so that was done about a year and a half ago. And I know, because I deal with TD, that... Um, the uh, the integration is going to happen uh, later this year. Like I think Labor Day weekend is when they're supposed to merge all the systems into Charles Schwab. So uh, TD Ameritrade will go away at that point. So uh, you got to think that they are um, they're large uh, to oh, say the yeah. least. I remember years and years and years ago, Schwab was that adventurous young new small company, kind of invented discount brokerages. 
right now they're kind of the uh, blue tweed suit wearing old guy on the block, aren't they? They, they are when it comes to the quote discount brokers um, from back in that time frame. So um, they they've come a long way, baby, and uh, and uh, they are uh, trying to even do better get better. Absolutely. Uh, on the banking front, just to have another semi-related story, I had a giggle when we first got on the phone this morning. Uh, Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan, we may be very impressed by and follow their every word, but evidently a Generation Z startup can screw them over royally. A few months ago, they bought a company called Frank. It was a student loan liquidation firm that supposedly was just loaded up with assets. They paid all kinds of money for it. Now, all of a sudden, the Gen Z lady that started Frank is uh, being hit with the SEC for uh, investment fraud. It seems that it was all a Ponzi scheme, but she managed to get Jamie Morgan for a few billion dollars out of it before they caught her. <laughs> One more reason for the uh, for the banking stocks to be looking at askance, right? Yeah, the Justice Department actually charged her yesterday with uh, criminal charges of uh, defrauding J.P. Morgan out of $175 million. Uh, and uh, you, you got to wonder, right? I mean... They did all their due diligence. I mean, a company like that would have done their due diligence. So this girl must have been really smart. Yeah, who says the kids are too lazy to work hard these days? <laughs> they can come up with good scams. Other financial news that's out there. Johnson & Johnson has agreed to a settlement on that telecom powder lawsuit. The headline number is enough to make you wonder if the place would survive because the uh, settlement was for $8.9 billion dollars. But uh, they're spreading it out over enough years where evidently the investors are impressed because I'm seeing Johnson & Johnson stock on the futures right toward the top of my big winner list this morning. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're spreading that. I mean, that's a big number, $8.9 billion. Don't get me wrong. Uh, however, they are spreading that over 25 years to settle that claim. So, I mean, that's a long time. And um, and so they uh, they expect that they can you know, take that out of some of their earnings and, and still be okay. Um, I mean, if you get down to the brass tacks, that's, that's, you know, some millions every year. Uh, but, but they're up. Yeah. Johnson Johnson up over two and a half percent this morning. Yeah. Evidently a lot of investors were relieved by the fact that they dodged an immediate financial bullet. Anyway, a bunch of other companies that are just doing guidance and updates and whatnot, among the other things, Walmart's analyst days continue. They do two days because their company's so doggone big. Everybody's watching them for guidance on retail. And uh, FedEx had a little bit of news that really helped their stock this morning as well, didn't they? They, they did. They Now, they haven't uh, come out with earnings yet, but they did come out and announce that they're going to hike their dividend by 10%. Um, and they're, they're doing some reorganization on the corporate front. Uh, and so both those things together have uh, FedEx doing well this morning, up almost 2.5%. All righty. Other than that, it's a relatively quiet day because earnings season won't get underway for another week or two. Uh, we've got a services industry index that will come out about 10 o'clock this morning, which probably will do nothing more than confirm what we already know about the uh, activity in the economy. Until that, we're going to be waiting for the first-time unemployment claims numbers and the like that come out tomorrow morning. 45 minutes before we open today with all of this rolled into a big ball after an off day yesterday. What are we looking at before they throw money around this morning? So at this point, Dave, we've got red ink. Um, not huge red ink, but uh, but the Dow 30 is down 
oh, a little less than two-tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 is down a little over two-tenths. Uh, and the NASDAQ 100 is up a little over a tenth of a percent. So uh, everything's falling. You know, the Russell 2000 has had a couple good days, at least at the open. Uh, they're down about four tenths of a percent this morning. So everything's in the red, uh, except for you flip over to the other side. And we've got gold making a huge stride this morning, up four tenths, uh, well over $2,000 to $2,000 and $2,046 this morning, Dave. Um, silver's retreating just a little bit, down a third of a percent to $25 an ounce. And then crude oil is down a third of a percent as well, down to $80.46 a barrel right now. I think, I think we're probably stuck over 80 for the foreseeable future, I fear. Overseas markets, it was a mixed bag in Asia. They don't know what to think at the moment. Japan was off substantially, but uh, the mainland Chinese markets were up by a half a percent at the close at 6 a.m. Europe also mixed. British markets up. French and German markets down halfway through their trading day. Keeping that plan intact so I know I can retire sometimes takes watching things day by day, but it's far better to know where I've got things at risk that I don't want them. How do I find you to find that risk, Philip? Dave, that's exactly why we create our core retirement design to really pinpoint what that risk is and how it lines up. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730. 95.3 FM. And back here for Thursday morning tomorrow on Light FM. Thank you so much, my friend. I'll see you then. All right, man. You have a great one. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks. Again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope uh, you're doing well. And again, join us same time, same place tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. Bye now.